Amen. How many of you got Jesus? All right. If you got Jesus, you got all you need, right? And so take your Bibles this morning, if you would, turn with me to Exodus, second book in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter number four. And actually, we're going to begin in chapter number three. If you're able to, let's stand this morning for the reading of God's word out of respect for the word of God. And I know that your outline, if you receive one of those on the way in, <clears throat> your outline just contains a few verses at the beginning of chapter 4, but as we stand for the reading, we're going to back up to chapter number 3 to get a little bit of context to our message this morning. Now, we've been, if you're visiting today, we've been highlighting this matter of magnifying the Lord in every area of our lives. One of the ways we want to magnify the Lord is through our stewardship, and so we, we in weeks past, We've talked about what is stewardship, and then we talked last Sunday about stewarding our time. And of course, the Bible tells us to redeem the time for the days are evil. So today, we're going to focus on this matter of stewarding our talents. And when I've entitled the message this morning, What Has God Put in Your Hand? And that's a pretty good question to think about this morning Say, I don't really know what the Lord's put in my hand. Well, maybe through the Word of God this morning, God will show you what He's given to you because He's given to each of us something that He wants to use. And Moses was one of those individuals, like many of us. I think we can relate to him feeling inadequate or maybe not worthy. And so let's begin reading in chapter number 3 and verse number 13. The Bible says, and Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me unto the, to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Go and gather the, the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shalt come. Thou and the elders of Israel unto the king of Egypt, and ye shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us, and now let us go. We beseech thee three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by a mighty hand. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give 
this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when ye go, ye shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor, and of her neighbor that sojourneth in her house, jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it to the ground. And he cast it to the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for how you work in our lives. I pray this morning that you would help us to see what you have given to us. Lord, not just to give to us, but to steward for you. God, you want to use it. You want to use us. And I pray that you would help all of us to have our spiritual eyes open to see what you would have us to see, and that we would obey you to do that which you ask of us. And we'll thank you for this opportunity to meet with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated this morning. Now, the Bible gives us this account of the man by the name of Moses, and certainly I know that a lot of people are very, very, um, when it comes to things, they have to see it to believe it. So I brought with me this morning my shepherd's staff. You didn't know that I was a shepherd, but according to the Bible, a pastor is an under-shepherd. And believe it or not, according to the Word of God, you are sheep, and you are a sheep of this flock, and God has given me the responsibility, the awesome responsibility of shepherding these people, you, at our church, and of course, I look to him for wisdom on how to lead and how to direct, because this isn't my church, this is the Lord's work. And God gave Moses an opportunity not to pastor a church, but to shepherd a people. And as we come across this account this morning, what it deals with is God, after many years, calling Moses and calling him to not only serve him, but to lead his people. As we come upon our portion in Exodus chapter number 3 this morning, Moses is probably about 80 years of age, and he is a fugitive from the land of Egypt. He had spent many years there. Now he is kind of out in the wilderness. He's with his father-in-law, whose name was Jethro. Jethro, the Bible says that Jethro had sheep. And it appears that as we look at the life of Moses now with Jethro, his father-in-law, 
I would say that as you study his life, here's what you find is he's probably the least likely candidate of anyone that God would ever use. Some of us that are older probably remember those days when we were in school, high school, and you would have those superlatives for the yearbook. And the one that everybody would always look at was the one most likely to succeed. Everybody always thought, yeah, he or she's got it all going for them. And certainly they're going to go out and maybe he's going to be the president. Maybe she's going to uh, be a, a, have her own business or whatever. But you know what I find over the years is it's the people that nobody thought they would ever amount to anything that are the ones that are really doing something with their lives. The ones that were the most likely to succeed are most likely doing nothing. And Moses was one of those individuals that if you looked at him, you would have not have thought that he was going to do the things that he did. And certainly we understand that it wasn't about Moses, it was about God dealing with him. And I've loved the times in my life that God has come to me, God has dealt with me, God has called me to do something for him. When the call of God comes to Moses, you know what he does, like a lot of us? He begins to give every excuse in the book. He starts to tell, and, and again, can you imagine this conversation? He's telling God, who knows all things? He begins to tell God how he's not worthy. He begins to tell God about how he's not good with words. If you study his life, you find that Moses had a problem with his speech. He kind of stuttered a little bit. He kind of stammered a little bit. He didn't feel comfortable speaking in front of people. Years ago, whenever I was in high school, I remember because of the way my father, and I know this sounds strange, but my father had a phobia of speaking in front of other people. Some of that stemmed from his early life when his teeth, when they started to grow in and he became an adult, his teeth were all crooked, sticking out, things like that. And so every time he got in front of people, he always tried to cover his mouth and he, he felt very ashamed to be in front of other people. And I watched my dad struggle and for some reason in my mind mentally, I thought that I was like my dad. Now that's not something that's hereditary. But I got into high school, I remember sitting in speech class in high school, and I remember the teacher calling on us to get up and give speeches. And the teacher called my name. And I remember when the teacher called my name that I just sat there. Now normally, I was at this age, I was still fairly compliant. I wasn't an angel by any sense of the imagination, but when somebody asked me to do something, I would do it. But when the teacher asked me to give a speech, I just sat there. She called my name again and said, Dane, it's your turn to give a speech. And I sat there and she looked at me and she said, you need to come up and give a speech. And I looked at her and I know it was disrespectful. I didn't mean it to be that way. I just said no. And she said, if you don't come up and give a speech, you're going to get an F. And I said, well, then give me an F. I failed that class because I thought that I could not get up. And you look at me today and you see me up here this morning, I'll tell you that the only reason that I stand here and do what I do is because of God's call on my life. 
Now that may be what the Lord wants for me. I don't know what it is that the Lord wants for you, but one thing's for sure, God had something very special for Moses, and right in the middle of this conversation with Moses, God asked him a question. And the question was, what is that in your hand? Moses looked over, and he says, it's, it's a rod. He thought to himself, there's, there's, it's, a, it's a stick. There's nothing special about this. And God asked him, what is that? And Moses thought, it's just a simple shepherd's staff. But see, that's what it was to Moses. But in the eyes of God, it was so much more. God can take the things that we have in our hands and God can do some miraculous things with that which he has placed into our hands. And this morning I want with God's help for us to spiritually see what exactly was it that Moses held in his hand. I really believe that what Moses held in his hand is what you and I hold in our hands today. And so would you look at me with me this morning at this portion of Scripture, and I want you to see, as God asked him this question, what is that in thine hand? Notice, as he thought about this, he understood that he held his personality in his hand. Now, you think of Moses, where he was in his life. Some of you think about where you are today. Moses, when God asked him this question, he refers to this rod as a shepherd's staff. He says, it's a rod. It's something that I've used while I tend to sheep. It helps me to lead them, to guide them, maybe even to protect them and keep them close by. It was something that he was using in his life. That, that rod identified Moses as a shepherd. When people saw it, they understood who he was. A lot of times people didn't have to ask him. Immediately they knew what he did for a living. But another thing about Moses was not only did it represent his personality, who he was, but it also represented everything that he possessed. You see, Moses at this time, he was a shepherd that was watching the sheep that didn't even belong to him. He was managing them. He was stewarding them. For represented his life. It represented his livelihood. And I want you to think about this this morning because the rod to Moses, it reminded him that he was nothing more than a shepherd and that all as he was doing right now in his life was he was keeping another man's flock, another man's sheep. And certainly again, you think about how you and I came into this world. We came in with nothing, and the Bible says we'll leave this world with nothing. And isn't God good to give us the things that he does? And what does God want us to do? Just like last week, 
He wants us to steward them, to manage them, to do something with that God's given to us. You see, the rod that he held that day, it was the personality of Moses that he held in his hand. But along with that personality, Moses held his problem in his hand. You see, like many of us, Moses too thought about himself. He thought about the life that he'd been living and this question that God asked, what is that in thine hand? Maybe it was a question that reached inward in his life. Maybe it stabbed him in his heart because he started to think about his life when he was in Egypt and how at one time he actually held a scepter in his hand. But now it's not a scepter. Now it's a, just a, a staff, an instrument that a lowly shepherd would use. Maybe when God asked that question, hey Moses, what is that in your hand? Maybe he thought about how at one time that he was being trained and educated to be a pharaoh. Maybe he began to think about, as God asked him this question, that here he is now in his life and he's thinking about, how that at one time he held the world. He was a powerful man, but now he just holds a dead, dry stick in his hands. See, it's easy to think of things that way because we look at things from an earthly point of view, but not to God. God was asking him, Moses, what is that in thine hand? Look, God knows all things. God was not asking him that question so that he could get information from Moses. God was asking him that question because he wanted Moses to think and to carefully consider what he held in his hand. See, a lot of us are like Moses. We don't realize what God's put in our hands. I really believe even this morning, God's trying to get us to carefully consider Listen, you're not holding some dead, dry stick in your hand this morning. What you have in your hand this morning is what God has placed there. And for many people like Moses, it's a problem. I mean, to Moses, the rod was something that reminded him that at one time he was a prince. It reminds him now that he's nothing more than a servant, that he's poor and he, he owns nothing. He's thinking about his life and he's thinking about his past and the sins in his life and how he had been hurt. A lot of us, a lot of us have a past. We have sin in our life or sins that we've committed, things that maybe have hurt us, people that have hurt us. And what happens is if you're not careful is our past and our sins and our hurts, they will define us. They will actually keep us from serving God, from using what the Lord has given to us, those abilities that the Lord has given to us. They will allow those things to control us. They'll stand in the way of the Lord using us and using those things that He's given to us, not only in our lives, but in the lives of those around us. And listen, I don't think I have to tell you this morning how beyond this conversation in Exodus 3, how God used Moses in a powerful way in the lives of his people. Now, sometimes people want to focus on the stick. 
the rod. But it wasn't about the rod, it was about the God of the rod. It was about what God wanted to do and what God eventually did do with what he had placed in the hand of Moses. See, many times we don't think about it just like Moses. We don't think about the talents, the abilities that we have, and somehow they become liabilities. You know why? Because we too, like Moses, we get to the place where we depend on these things that we hold in our hands instead of depending on God. So somehow, some way, God was going to have to open Moses' eyes. It wasn't about the stick. It was about what God wanted to do. So I want you to think beyond the problem that he held in his hand. and Think beyond the personality of the man that held the rod. But I want you to think about the potential that he held in his hand. I'm not talking about the potential of Moses per se, because the Bible says there's none good. The only thing good about us is our God. But I want you to look with me this morning, go back to chapter 4, look at verse number 3. And the Bible says, and he said, this is what God said to Moses after Moses said, hey, it's just a rod. God tells him, look at it, verse 3, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand. And take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. Now, I want you to get this picture this morning. I mean, you you think about how God calls Moses. He says, Moses, look, I, I'm not done with you, and I want, I want you to understand that, that I, I've given something to you, and yet you don't even realize what you have. And so God asked him the question, which I think is a question that God is still asking us today. What is it that you have in your hand? Moses looks at it, and he says, well, it's a rod. And God says, okay, cast it on the ground. Moses takes it and throws it on the ground, and all of a sudden the Bible says it becomes a serpent. Now, for sake of illustration, my stick's not going to become a serpent this morning. But the Bible says that his stick becomes a serpent. And the next thing it says is Moses fled. Moses sees what happens to this stick, and he runs as far. By the way, I'd have done the same thing. Farther away from any snake, the better. Moses gets away from it. He's he's looking back. He sees that this dead stick that he's been just walking around with, leading the sheep, guiding the sheep, protecting the sheep, that all of a sudden this stick, God says, cast it on the ground. He cast it on the ground, and when he yielded it when he let go of it God turned that stick into a serpent Moses is 
He's just like staring at it. Whoa. And then God says something very strange. I want you to take it by the tail. Any volunteers? I wouldn't have signed up for that one. Lord, are you kidding me? You want me to go up and grab this serpent by the tail? And God says, I want you to take it by the tail. Now, I can just see him trying to size this thing up. You know, maybe, maybe he, he kind of keeps his distance and he's, he's trying to figure this thing out. And maybe he's like, I would do. He's trying to stay as far away from the head as possible. I'm glad that God said, take it up by the tail. And so he, he sees this thing and he's getting, tries to get in there a little bit close. And all of a sudden he reaches out and he grabs it by the tail. And the Bible says all of a sudden the serpent becomes a stick. The stick became a serpent. The serpent became a stick. And Moses is holding the stick in his hand again. Now, why would God do that? Well, look at verse 5 again. That they may believe. Remember what Moses said? Hey, you know what's going to happen, Lord? If I go to them and I tell them what you're saying, they're going to say, the Lord hasn't talked to you. Now, you're making that up. But what does God do? God, he, he gives this miracle to Moses to teach him a truth. And the truth is, is that God would go with him when he went down into Egypt, that God would use him, and God would use what he had given to him, placed in his hand, that God would work through him. And so this rod, this shepherd's rod, becomes a serpent. And then the serpent becomes a rod. You see, to Moses, it was a tool. It was a weapon at times. It was something that was necessary that he needed in his life. But listen, when he gave it to God, that which was dead became a living thing. God took, hey, listen, you think about your life in Christ this morning? The Bible says we are dead in our trespasses and sin. God takes his word, which is living. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. God takes his word and he pierces our hearts, we who are dead, and he brings us to life. God did that that day in the life of Moses. Here he was holding this stick. The one that had been a serpent and now had come back to being a stick again. It was the power of God that day. God used that stick. I don't think I have to remind you of the many times that God told Moses to hold up the rod. Remember when he parted the seas and the people walked across on dry ground? You see, it wasn't about the rod. It was about the God of the rod. It was about how God wanted to use what was in Moses' hand, and I'm afraid that you and I, we don't think many times about what is it that God has placed in our hands, and everything that we hold into our hands, listen, it's either going to be a burden in your life or it's going to be a blessing in your life. It all depends on how you use it. Will you use, are you using what God has placed in your hands today? I love this thought that when we yield it to the Lord, Watch this, then God is able to re release its potential. See, Moses couldn't do that. Moses couldn't make the stick into a serpent and then back into a stick. 
But the power of God was evident that way in that day. And I find here that it may be there are some here today just like Moses who are holding dead sticks in their hands. Listen, can I tell you this morning, what you and I need to do is what Moses did when he cast it to the ground is we need to yield what God has given to us, surrender that to the Lord so that God can use it. God's question for us is still the same question that God had for Moses. What is that in thine hand? A lot of times I talk to Christians and I ask them, why aren't you doing something for the Lord? A man years ago asked me the same question. God has given things to us. Listen as Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 4, as every man, notice there again, every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards, of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, look at this, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. It is God by his Spirit that gives us the gifts and gives us the talents and gives us the abilities. Why? So that we can use those for the edification of the body. God wants us to edify, to build up, to help others, to grow. See, this wasn't about Moses. This was about God using what he had given to Moses. As we think today, God gives us spiritual gifts, not so that we can keep them and and squander them or hoard them. God gives us spiritual gifts so that we can use them to help others, and that's what God wanted to do with what he had given to Moses. See, it wasn't about the stick. It was about the power of God working through what he had placed in the hands of Moses. If you notice this morning in your notes, there are some gifts, spiritual gifts, that God has given to each one of us. If you're saved this morning, God has given you a spiritual gift. There's a listing in Romans chapter number 12, and I want you to pay attention to it this morning. And I hope that through God's Holy Spirit this morning that you understand and you recognize what it is that God has placed in your hands. Notice the list this morning, and it begins this way. Having then, notice the word gifts, those pneumaticos, God gives to us. Notice it says differing. There's different gifts according to the grace that is given to us, and then he begins to list them. Now, don't misunderstand. He says whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now when you look at that list, guess what? If you're saved, God has placed at least one of those gifts in your hand. Do you realize what God has put in your hand and are you 
using that gift. I mean, when I look at this gift, and many misunderstand the very first one, the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy, listen, remember, just like Moses, God called Moses to lead his people, and and the word there can mean that it's God's call on someone's life, like on my life, to proclaim the truth. But the reality is God wants every Christian to declare or tell people the truth. Why? Because Jesus said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's not about us prophesying new things because God has given us his word. There's no new prophecy. Uh, There's none of any private interpretation, the Bible says. But all of us ought to be telling those that are lost the truth. Jesus said it this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. Some of you, maybe God has given this gift of prophecy, the proclaiming of the truth, the Word of God. Notice another gift that he mentions here. He uses the word ministry. Let us wait on our ministering. Many times we call this the gift of helps. Some people, maybe you this morning, that's the area that God has gifted you. He's put in your hands to be a help to other people, to minister to others. Notice the next gift that he mentions he that teacheth on teaching. Some, uh, some people, God's gifted them to be able to take the Word of God, the truths of the Word of God, and to teach those to others. You see, even a pastor not only should be a preacher, but a teacher of the Word of God. And God has given some that gift. He's placed it in their hands to teach the Word of God. Notice the next gift in, in this one here. He that exhorteth on exhortation. What is exhortation? It's the gift of encouragement. Remember in the Bible when when Saul of Tarsus got saved? And you remember how everybody, all the disciples, were skeptical of his salvation because he had been persecuting Christians? And God appeared to a man by the name of Ananias. And he told Ananias, he says, Hey, listen, I, I want you to go to a man by the name of Saul And I want you to place your hand on him, and he's going to be waiting on you. I've already given him your name. He knows you're coming. Remember what Ananias said? Uh, 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 Lord, I've I've heard a lot about this guy. Kind of sounds like Moses, giving every excuse that he could. And for Ananias, it wasn't reaching out and grabbing the serpent by the tail, For Ananias, it was walking up and putting his hand on Saul. He was petrified. But listen, some of you, God's placed in your hand the gift of encouragement. There are people out there that are hurting, that need someone, a Christian, to realize that God has put in your hand the gift, the talent, the ability to encourage other people. How about the next one? Notice he says here, and for some of you, this may be your gift. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. You ever heard the statement, he'd give you the shirt off of his back? Some people have been given that gift, the gift of giving. Now again, giving is not always money. Giving could be giving of your time, giving of yourself. It could be giving of your resources. 
but you just have that within you. Why? Because God's placed that in your hand, the gift of giving. Notice the next one he mentions here, he that ruleth with diligence. Now remember, with everything God gives us, there comes an accountability, a responsibility. This matter of ruling or administration, leading. Not everybody can lead. Many people by nature, na- nature, like me, would just as soon follow. You know, people sometimes say, boy, I wish I, wish I could do this. Or Listen, sometimes you think about that. You think about the responsibility, the accountability that comes with leading. But he says here, look, some of you, he says, I've given you, placed in your hands, the gift of ruling, the gift of administration. He says, and do it with diligence. And then notice the last gift. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, some have the gift of mercy. I'm glad that my wife has the gift of mercy. I've needed it many times. You see, there are people out there that God has given them that ability to be merciful to other people. I don't know which gift, as I went through them, as God shared them with us in Romans 12, but can I tell you this morning, if you are saved, God has placed in your hand one or more than one of those spiritual gifts. And the question this morning is, what are you doing with what God has placed in your hand. Remember, they are His gifts. There's great potential when you think about what God has given to us. And as Moses climbed, as we read there, he climbed that mountain with that stick in his hand. He went up the mountain of God. The Bible says Horeb. And as he climbed that mountain, he was carrying that dead stick that he'd been carrying around for years and years that he never really thought about. He never realized what that stick was, and that stick that he had been using was really using him. He didn't understand the potential that was there until he yielded that stick to the Lord. God says, cast it on the ground. That's exactly what he did. Why did God do that? Why did God perform that miracle? Why does God want to use what he's placed in your hand? Well, we find that answer back in verse number five. Look at it again that they may believe that the Lord God hath appeared unto thee. What is it that God's placed in your hand? It's probably not some dead stick, but it's a spiritual gift that God's given to you. And God wants us to steward what he's given to us, what he's placed in our hands. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. As we think about stewardship. This morning we're not talking about stewarding our time. We're talking about stewarding our talents. What God has given to us. The Bible says that what he's given to us, he's done that for the edifying of the body. The church. God gives us these gifts so that we can help others. God gave Moses the ability that he did. Why? So that he could lead his people out of Egypt's land. You know what Egypt is? It's a type of the world. 
And as God has given you spiritual gifts, God wants to use you. God wants to use what he's given to you to lead people out. Some out of a life of sin. Some out of maybe some discouragement. Some maybe out of being burdened down with how they found themselves in life at this particular moment. You see, you might be thinking this morning, well, I'm not much. And you might be right. But you serve a God that is a mighty God. And if he could take a stick and turn it into a serpent and turn it back into a stick, God could take your life and what he's given to you and he could work miracles with it. Would you stand to your feet this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? I wonder this morning, Christian, why don't you come this morning and bring your dead stick with you? Whatever it is that God's given to you, and say, Lord, I'm going to cast this to the ground. Take it and use it, God, in my life and use it in the lives of those around us. The altar's open this morning. Why don't you come this morning and say, Lord, here am I. I'm not much, but use me. If you need to be saved this morning, you don't know Christ as your Savior, why don't you come this morning and put your faith in a mighty God this morning. As Brother Kenny sings, the altar's open this morning. Why don't you come? Say, Lord, I don't have exactly what Moses did, but I'm glad that I have what you've given to me. God, I want to use it. I want to be faithful with what you've given to me. And God will give you the power, His power, to do that which he's given to you. Here am I, Lord. I will serve you faithfully. Here am I, Lord. Lord, thank you for this morning, for the truth that you taught Moses. God, we, like Moses, oftentimes we don't realize what it is that's in our hands. And it's there because you've placed it there. I pray that you'd help us, maybe have helped us, to see what you've given to us. God, with you, there is such potential. That you would take, even as that little lad, take such little us and do something so great.
God, work in us, work through us. Thank you for that, what you've placed in our hands, and help us to be faithful stewards with whatever it is. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.